manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sin kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. God made you, boo, you know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. Mother, sister, auntie, tribe of Ashanti. Rocking your locks, I got a close crop blondie. The curse and the gift uplift, apply pressure. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together, man. Man, these black girls are getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This is a podcast about mental health and wellness, as well as self-empowerment for Black women. I'm your host, Ursula, and each week I promise to deliver relevant topics and resources that affect our community. So just remember, once we identify the problem is when we can start to heal. Welcome to season two. We are almost approaching the end of it. And I've been pulling out some great guests. I mean, some true gems. And I cannot wait to get started. I'm very excited. But before we do, let me know that you're here. Type where you're tuning in from. Say hello. If it's a replay, type replay in the uh, in the comments. Let me know. Um, if some who do not know, I'm also global. So I have another listener that is from Austria. Whoever you are, if you're listening now, tune in and say hello. I'm so blessed that this is just blowing up more than I ever thought it would. So you can start a watch party. Please share, like, and please comment during this live. You know, it really helps podcasters a lot. But you know what? We're going to get right into this. We had a good show tonight. Let me get right over here. So, yeah, you know, you all let me know where you're you're tuning in from. I know there are a lot of people that's here in Georgia, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people from the DMV also. Let me know. And Massachusetts. So let me know where, where you at. Where you at? So before we get started. 
I want you to type in the comments, yes, if you've heard of any of these um, from your family. You're going through something, you know, you're feeling depressed. Have you heard, just pray about it. <laughs> or you do something you're not feeling too good about. Oh, God knows my heart. <laughs> hey, Cerinthia, have you heard that as well? And um, matter of fact, tell me about how many times have you heard, just pray about it. God will heal it. Or, Don't do that. God sees everything. Okay. That's just a few things that we're going to touch on. But today's topic is spiritual abuse. <sighs> Exhale. This is going to be a good one. What I'm going to do, I have a very handsome guest in the waiting room. I'm going to bring him on. His name is Dion Brown. He is a clinical therapist as well as a pastor. But you know what? He can tell you more about himself than I can. Baltimore is checking in. Hello, Dwayne. Hello. All right. Let me bring this handsome brother on right now. Ah. Hello there. Hey, Dion. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing this evening? I'm well. I'm so well. So we're going to just step right into it. But before we do, can you tell the people who you are, where, you know, where you're from and your background, just so people know who, who's talking to them tonight. Certainly. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Dion Brown. I am here in the great city of Baltimore, Maryland. I am uh, a licensed clinical professional therapist in the state of Maryland, a licensed clinical addictions therapist, as well as a trauma specialist. Um, I'm the owner of DJB Therapeutic Solutions, which is my own practice here in the DMV. It's a pretty thriving practice. Um, in addition, I am an uh, associate pastor uh, at a local church here in Baltimore. I do a lot of individual work, a lot of group talks, a lot of panel discussions, a lot of presentations in various areas related to spirituality, mental health and spirituality, the integration as well as a good deal of work on uh, self-care. Um, I also have a therapeutic uh, podcast called the, the Lost and Found Podcast that is on Spotify. So you can follow me there and hear some of the things that I post on my podcast as well. Um, in addition, uh, lastly, I'll say weekly, um, I am posting material related to either spirituality or self-care on my IG therapeutic page, which you can follow at the underscore DMV therapist, the underscore DMV therapist. And I'm grateful to be with you all tonight. You know what? We are grateful to have you as well. I mean, I've been following this brother on Instagram and I grew up in the church and yeah, this is a triggering conversation for me. But, you know, I felt in my soul that Dion was the man I wanted to contact because I am going to stand firm by everything I say tonight. And I remember before I have gone into therapy, and I'm thinking if I was to ever go into therapy, I would never go to the pastor of the church. I just wouldn't. You know, that's like having a toothache, but I'm going to go see a cardiologist. 
yeah, I'm not going to do that. But Dion, he's a hybrid. That's what I call him because he literally has both professions on lock. He gets it. So speaking of your Instagram, Dion, may I read two posts that resonated? One of the many, but two most recent posts that sure. resonated with me? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, we have Montgomery, Alabama checking in. Hello, Sharon. Hello. Okay. This is a quote from Dion's Instagram, and he's the DMV therapist. Spiritual abuse can be hard to identify, but is no less difficult to endure than any other kind of abuse. That resonated with me. And another one is spiritual abuse when scripture on forgiveness is distorted to keep someone from setting healthy boundaries with a toxic person. Mm. What made you choose those? Just curious. I wanted to, I wanted to just one highlight for people that you know spiritual abuse is is a is a type, it's a form of abuse like other types of abuse. It just it has its own uh, predictable uh, set of signs or symptoms, things to kind of look out for, um, as well as um, and we I want to kind of expand um, expand the discussion tonight um, in the sense that you know why why we will probably be talking from a, a sort of religious Judeo Christian perspective mostly. Um, I want to kind of expand it to other religious traditions as well as just concepts related around spirituality. because That's a whole different phenomenon when we get into that. So I say all that to say uh, people uh, can be in organizations, systems, ways of thinking where whatever their scripture is or their holy text can be used against them. To keep so, them in a state of being subservient. Oh, I know. I just tapped into something there with that word, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, my friend. Yeah, you know, when you're talking, all I hear is manipulation, 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 yeah. and that. Um, just to let the listeners know, abuse is abuse. So it doesn't mean you're always getting your ass beat and you're walking around with sunglasses on and a black eye or the verbal abuse, spiritual abuse, just like that post that he posted. It, it's no different. It's manipulation. It's very triggering to me, extremely, um, because of the conversations we had prior. Sure, sure. Uh, let me ask you a question. Would I share with you how I grew up? Would you consider that spiritual abuse? I'm trying to remember um, the specifics. I know, I, I know um, from our first conversation, you were giving me some insight into it. I guess the bigger question is: the bigger question is, would you consider it spiritual abuse? I would. The more self-aware that I have become, sure, I would consider it spiritual abuse and. Yeah. Well, let me let me read. Let me read one thing that I so far that I so spiritual abuse pretty much occurs when any type of spiritual leader abuses the power that they have over you 
Now, this doesn't, you know, if we're talking about a, a Judeo-Christian context, this doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the senior pastor. It could be uh, lay ministers. It could be group leaders, professors, Sunday school teachers, uh, youth pastors. I was one, but I think I did okay. We we have, you know, we have people uh, across the spectrum in the church. It could be just a lay member that may be the uh, president of a committee. So, you know, spiritual abuse can take on many different forms. It just doesn't, it doesn't have to be the primary leader in a church or organization. Wow. That's a large spectrum. It is. Because I believe, including myself at one point, that you would think of a, a spiritual abuse is only from the pastor. Yeah. But you just broke it down Ugh, even yeah. more. My God. So <clears throat> from a pastor's perspective, perspective, can you give examples or signs of what spiritual abuse is? Sure. Well, and, and right before I go into that, you know, I do believe I do believe in um, spiritual order and government. Um, I do believe that God designs order and government and spiritual authority when we're talking about the the church. And in a Judeo-Christian perspective, the, the scripture, Ephesians uh, 4, 11 to 12 says, listen, and he gave, meaning God, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So there is a need for order and organization, but... The purpose, the purpose is for the for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Spiritual abuse, however, occurs when people in their own flesh resort to control, manipulation, ego adjustment, change and deceitfulness. <laughs> Question. What do you mean by ego adjustment? Um. Ego adjustment can mean a person, they can operate in any of those domains or outside of those domains, but ego adjust, adjustment means that um, I have to control you or manipulate you um, to feed my ego, to make me think, to, to make me, listen, to make me in my narcissistic tendencies, right? To make, to make, to make me... Um, one, believe that I'm still superior and that everything I'm doing is, is correct. Um, so, yeah, so that's part of it for sure. So, now, and, and let me let me balance this out. This, you know, because we use the we use the word often uh, concerning the church. We use the word church hurt. But it's actually um, like one of my brothers said it's actually church abuse. And that can. Uh, and again, that can originate from more than just like. The, the first family, right? Or the senior pastor. It can come from a lot of different directions. Even the mothers of the church in that front row pew. We <laughs> <laughs> um, have to leave the mothers alone. We don't, you know, we don't mess with the mothers. They now, now some, now some of them, you know. Come on now, let's keep now, it real. Now, right. <laughs> Now, some of them, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if we should label some of them mothers of the church because, woof, yeah. All right, yeah, I'm just, you know, some, some, you know, some of them can be outright mean and nasty. Let me just. Yes, me, 
mean and nasty and don't know how to talk to people, right? Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you. I'm gonna give you a quick experience of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm a visitor at a church. I don't look. I'm gonna tell you. I grew up in a white church, so we didn't have mothers and all of that. Okay, so I go to this black church. There were no other seats, so I marched myself right up, and there were two open spots. So I sat there. They were like a gang. They literally surrounded me and told me to get up. <laughs> they were not nice. That hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I can imagine. And you, you asked me uh, part two of that. You said, "What are you know? What are some signs related to um, spiritual abuse from a pastoral perspective?" There's a lot. There's a lot of signs that I came across, but uh, uh, one is uh, one is uh, oftentimes the leader the leader or the person in any whatever delegated spiritual authority would has a charismatic personality. So they draw you in with and hook you in with their charismatic uh, personality and it's ideal because it's, it's drawing, right? And they might be typically good at things like public speaking and may have a natural charm or likability, but they could also be, um, that can also be used in their uh, abusive nature. So a charismatic personality is one of the signs. Uh, for, for some, you know, abusers. Number two, use of fear tactics. Fear tactics. Yes. Tactics like emotional manipulation and blackmail are employed to keep people under control and uh, fear tactics to keep people from not uh, leaving. You know, if you leave here, if you leave us, if you stop doing what I say, or this is this is what's going to happen to you. This is how your life is going to fall apart. You know, if if you go somewhere else and join another church or ministry, this is how that's those are fear tactics. Yeah. And they and they can be they can be so powerful that they can cause the abused person to believe them. Yeah. And, you know, piggybacking on that from my own experience, <clears throat> they use the to this day. They scared me so much with the book of Revelations and Armageddon. I know it's in the Bible and I believe it, but it was their delivery. Yeah. And then when the class, it was a small school. And when the class would act up, that's when they would start throwing it. And it got us together. But it was so scary. And I just don't believe that the Bible should be something scary. I don't know. And you know, even at my age now, I start listening about revelations on TV. I get that trigger from a child. It was it was not good. It was not good. May I read a comment from a listener? Sure. So uh hello, Beverly. She said abuse can abuse can be committed by the entire congregation, or she's asking that can abuse be committed by the entire congregation? And they make you feel guilty if you don't comply with the doctrine. Oh, that's 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. So, and it ties and it ties into um, one of the other things I think we we're going to go go and get into as far as far as who um, it's kind of related. Who delivers the the abuse, right? So, um, in most churches or religious organizations, the 
synagogues, mosques, wherever, right. temples, there's a, there's a, there is a central leader or a main leader. And just, um, just like in the corporate world, when there's a CEO, um, the things that are in the mind and the heart and et cetera of the CEO, it trinkled down to everyone in that organization if they become a part of that company and that organization. And that can happen in a, in a church or in a religious setting or organization too. Um, so that if the, if the, um, da, 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 da. let's say there's a unruly member, for example, right? Right. And the, and the leader, for whatever reason, they're, they're labeled unruly, right? And the leader in that system, um, mistreats that uh, unruly person he or she he or she can persuade everyone else in that entire system to mistreat that person too yeah i know that's a that's a whole message you're really hitting on some points that's happened to me as well i'm sure yeah, and it happened to me as a child on top of that. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, yeah not good. Yeah, that's 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 horrific for a uh, a child to feel, especially if like if it's like a church and it's supposed to be a place of comfort and safety. So the answer is yes, an entire congregation could end up abusing a person, you know, turning against them and abusing them. Unfortunately, that can happen. Um and let me and let me you know i want to throw a very balanced statement out here you know um some people have experienced church abuse some have some in various levels there's various levels depending upon maybe how people have operated um but you know i i definitely uh, you know affirm that there's there's so, there are some psychologically uh healthy uh churches and psychologically healthy pastors leaders uh, males and females as well really there are some around yes um yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are, you know, like I said, the way I grew up, it had turned me off I bet. so much. I and mm. I know I'm going to have some family members not agree, but as an adult, now I'm looking back. That was a cult that we were in. Mm. It was. Yeah. Because it was specific language. And if you didn't adhere to that language, you know, you, you'd be ostracized. Same thing. It's not good. Oh, well, my God. Well, well, another one of the characteristics that the, the, the listener commented on is that uh, abusers in that context get other people to drink the poison. Yeah. You know, similar to a bully, they cannot operate in isolation, need a following of people to agree with them and advancing their agenda. So that's, a, that's another characteristic. Ah. And you know, one of the advantages I have is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a, a church baby. I've been in church since age 11, same church, same dynamics, a bigger, big church here in Baltimore, same um, leader, but I also know a whole lot of people in churches across the nation. So I, you know, and I have clients, so I hear, I hear a lot of horror stories in in places but i also hear i also hear good stories stories of growth and development and triumph and advancement from people in uh in ways that their church community has helped them grow mentally intellectually spiritually so 
It, so oftentimes we, which I get, we all, we go, you know, I go to a restaurant, right? New restaurant. And I go there and I eat something and I don't like it. A lot of times people don't go back. Now I love food. You know, I'm working on my health and fitness right now. So I'm staying away from the fried food and the pizza and the desserts right now. But right. If, I, if I go to a restaurant and I don't like it, some whatever I get, I'll go back two more times. And I will, just my personality, I will order something different to say, was it just that meal or is it, was it the entire restaurant? So, so where am I going with that? <laughs> is that sometimes it is easy to make a overgeneralization um, from one bad experience. But what if it was years yeah. of bad experience? Yeah. In the same, in the same place, right? Right. I get yeah. it. In the same place with the same people. And if it's been years in the same place with the same people, it would be a matter of, you know, maybe, you know, adjusting the 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 the, the lenses and perception. Maybe this particular place was like this with these particular people. And this is where we probably get into the second segment as far as the, the, the healing and the growth and the change. But maybe this was bad over here. But maybe this is not how things are universally i mean you know case in point if you look at a horrible experience of church abuse you have to say to yourself this can't be this cannot be every church in america okay i can i can agree with you on that that i can agree okay. uh i have better my my picker is better so if there's uh, anything that triggers I me it. i like that oh yeah my picker's on point i bet, I bet. <laughs> You know, I've been to therapy. I I, I do the, the work that my therapist. Awesome. She, oh, yeah. My therapist is amazing. And she has my best interest. And she also set up a safe space. So I, I, I do my life work. But that sharpened my picker. So if anything makes that picker start going off, awesome. I'm out. I'm not doing it. Good. And um. I stay away from certain churches. That's just, let me go back. So I'm in the third grade. I'm pulled out of this Catholic school. So now we're going to this church. This is where it all starts now. So the church was ran by a bunch of hippies, for real, for real, ran by a bunch of hippies. And then in that church, they decided to create a school. So now I'm pulled out of this accredited Catholic school. So now I'm at the church's school and uh, none of the, I think for, I know for a fact, two of the educators were certified. None of the other one, they were not certified. So now Sunday, you go to Sunday, Sunday morning uh, Bible study. Then you go to Sunday church. Then you go to Sunday night. Uh, Bible study. Then there's Monday night Bible study. Then Monday through Friday, we're going to school with and to church with the same people Monday through Friday. And then, mm. uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm probably going to get some backlash from the family. But my parents wanted me to be pushing me to be friends with some of the pastor's kids. Mm. And I wasn't a bad child. I mean, I wasn't the best, but I was not a bad child. You know, so now at times I'm hanging out and I didn't want to. I want to hang out with the neighborhood kids on the block. 
And then, uh, yeah, right back again, Saturday, uh, Sunday church. And that's the rotation. So I'm literally around these people six to seven days a week. That's a lot. And they were racist on top of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's layers of problems. Layers of, of problems with that. Yes. And there was that one leader, like you just talked about, and that was the mecca to go to. I can't. I don't want to say the city that they were in, but that to me, like that was the mecca to go there. And and then the language, and then we're out passing out tracks and. You know, having us scared to listen to music because there's a devil's message in. Well, Not good. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, that's that. You know, that sounds like uh, that sounds kind of cultish, actually. I. That's what I'm saying, and it was a cult, and I'm just now at my age, like a year ago, just finally admitting it to myself that that was a cult. Let me let me, let me read. Let me read one of the things that my 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 colleague and brother uh, Paul Bache Williams uh, mentioned. Um, it says spiritual abuse is a serious form of abuse which occurs when a person in a cult, religious authority, or a person with a unique spiritual practice misleads and maltreats another person in the name of a deity or God or church or in the mystery of a spiritual concept. Spiritual abuse often refers to an abuser uh, using spiritual or cult religious rank in taking advantage of the victim's spiritual mentality and passion by putting the victim in a state of unquestionable obedience to the abuse authority. Lord Jesus. That was great, wasn't it? That was that great. Was yeah. Can you read the last two sentences again? That sure. resonated with me. Spiritual abuse often refers to an abuser uh, using spiritual or cult religious rank in taking advantage of the victim's spiritual mentality and passion on spiritual matters by putting the victim in a state of unquestionable obedience to an abuse authority. Wow. So, it, yeah, it happens. Mm. May I read a comment, a Absolutely. question? Sure. Hey, Christina, beautiful Christina, she asked, how would you advise the person that was turned off from the church, but does not, oh, but does understand that there is something spiritually bigger than themselves? There's a two-part question. And then the second part is how do they free, feed and nourish that spiritual man, woman inside them, if not from the church? That's okay. a great question. So we are, so we are, um, we are body, soul, and spirit. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I when I do some of my signature talks and presentations, I do a lot of holistic integration stuff. And, you know, we do things um, to take care of our, our bodies or we try to like, you know, sleep and uh, hygiene and, and diet and uh, fitness and things like that. Um, and, you know, we do things to, to, to nurture our soul uh, in our in our soul is our, our will our intellect and our passion. So, you know, we will uh, study, uh, read a book, a journal, um, get some new information, stimulate ourselves intellectually. But, you know, our spirit, our human spirit, you know, that's where that's where we tap into our, um, you know, our spirituality part. Now, um, 
I'm going to keep that can I can that can be an expansive concept, but I'm going to keep this again in a Judeo Christian <laughs> network uh, for now because that because because I know people I know I know our our listeners um, might not be necessarily some of our listeners might not necessarily be connected to um, you know the three major tradi- spiritual traditions which are Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Um, but they might have another type or form of spirituality. So I wanted to just kind of mention that. Right. But, but since I am a Christian, I'm going to put it in a, a Judeo-Christian uh, framework for, for the listeners. If you've been turned off by church, uh, don't despair. You're not alone. Um, hmm. A lot of people have been turned off by uh, church or people at church or church methods. Uh, I'll go back to what I said earlier. It doesn't mean that that would that bad experience or experiences would be your global experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, few things I would recommend. One would be maybe to. If you if you're interested in returning again, if you're interested in returning again to the physical church, I would say to visit some places. Wait, pray, take your time, discern to see if something's going to be a good fit for you, like was just mentioned earlier. Right. And potentially go through some counseling to address some of the the hurts and pains that you've dealt with. Second part, if you don't want to return yet to the physical church, there, in this present (laughs) pandemic, there are so many ministries across the world that you can preview and get a sense of somewhat of a sense uh, from online. So you can, you can, you can try to connect your, your, your spirit man and your, your, your thirst to, for, for, for spirituality and for God by, um, you know, doing that maybe at home. And, and yeah. one of the benefits of that with, with, with this technology and all these platforms now is, you know, you don't have to, you really don't have to come in contact with a lot of people. Yeah. Now I, I'm a church guy. I like going. I like. I like going to church. I, I didn't realize um, until this pandemic how much. Um, but I also need. I also need the, the connection, the interaction. I need handshakes. I need hugs. I need reinforcement. Yeah. So all of that for me. But everybody is different. So I, you know, I would say you know, kind of depending upon where you are, there's a few different methods you can use to tap into your spirituality. I love that answer, especially the the answer to part B of Christina's question. Um, I was hoping I was going to answer both parts. (laughs) Well, (laughs) when I start talking, I can go. I want to make sure. No, you did great on it. But that second part, her question, her second question resonated with me. So while you were reading, I was just digesting all of that. Uh, did you want to add on any more to that? Because the questions are coming in. I do have another question for read, you. Yeah, I see it too. You can read it. It's fine. Okay, sure. So Sharon, Sharon from uh, Alabama, she asked, how do you handle the guilt and pain 
uh, all of them, I guess you're talking about the congregations that are against you. She was faithful and loyal, paid tithes and sowing seeds. Yeah. Oof. She said earlier that she was in counseling because of this. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Um, that's sometimes the question. One of the questions I get from people sometimes in the in the religious community, um, people will question whether or not they should you know, seek out counseling from their uh, church leaders or leadership or go out outdoors, you know, someone else, maybe in the community. And it, it does kind of vary. For, so let me just say, I, you know, let me, how can I, let me, give me, give me the words. Um, <laughs> I need to, I need to pray for my word in here. Um, so because, um, you know, I am a person who has uh, grown up in church and, and I sang on a, a youth choir and an adult choir. I could sing just a tiny bit. You're not getting a sample tonight, though. Um, oh, just, just, a little, just a little bit. Um, served as a youth president, a chaplain, a youth director, been a youth, been a youth pastor, worked in the men's ministry. So I, you know, uh, done some other stuff in the church setting. So I understand commitment and diligence. Uh, I am a uh, financial contributor still, even during COVID to the church that I'm attached to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get it. When, when you do all those things and you're committed and you're involved and you're dedicated and you feel mistreated and abused, it hurts. Oh yeah. It's painful. You know, it messes with your mind and your emotions, your 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 spirit. You know everything. So I get it. And uh, you know, some sometimes the only thing that's going to really help is um, you know counseling and, and and prayer, asking God to help heal you. You know, so counseling, mm. counseling and prayer. Um, doctor, doctor, I'm gonna quote somebody else. Doctor Anita uh, Anita Phillips. Uh, she has a saying. She has a T-shirt out, and it says it. And she really, it really focuses on um, the combination effect of um, prayer and therapy. And the T-shirt says, "Prayer is the weapon, therapy is the strategy." Prayer is the weapon, therapy is the strategy. Wow, that is deep. That's Dr. Anita Phillips. I didn't say it. That's, but that's her. Is prayer? Prayer is the weapon, therapy is the strategy. And she has T-shirts out for that. I like to quote some of my colleagues who are doing great things as yeah. well. Well, they're all gems. I have a question. Speaking of therapy, because you are a hybrid, <laughs> you truly are on both sides of this. Yeah. Do you find that some of your clients come in for spiritual abuse, come in to see you for counseling? Not So not seeing you as Pastor Brown, but as the clinical therapist brown for spiritual abuse that they receive okay so uh wonderful question so i, I think i and i think i might have mentioned um i um i don't i don't advertise myself or my practice as a christian christian therapist or counselor mm -hmm. um i am a christian by nature um some of my clients have done their super duper due diligence research before they ever came to see me. If you Google my name, you'll see a number of different websites. You'll see um, my practice information. You may see the ministry of the church clinician. And that's really where I integrate mental health and spirituality. So some of some of the people, 
you know, I don't tell my clients that I'm an associate pastor. Um, you do not? Why not? Because it's not, well, first, um, first, not all my clients are Christian. Okay. And, then, and, and, and then secondly, some, several of my clients have had bad experiences. Right. So I will bring it up depending, you know, I'm very, I was always taught my training was always um, being aware and being sensitive to where people are and, 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 and being careful with the sacred material with people. Right. So, um, so what I do is um, I don't, like I said, I don't advertise myself as a Christian therapist in my, in, in my initial session with people. However, I do um, in school, they call it, we call it a biopsychosocial. I do a biopsychosocial spiritual. So I, so I find out about the spiritual belief system or lack thereof in my clients in the first session. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they identify as Christian and they desire, because some don't, if they desire for us to incorporate prayer and scripture into their sessions, we will. If we if we don't, no biggie. Um, but I can also, you know, I've also worked with, like I said, out of every religious tradition, I have people who have no, no connection to religion or any spirituality or, you know, atheists, agnostics. So, you know, I'm, I'm a very um, fair, equitable, unbiased therapist. Once again, the hybrid. I love <laughs> it because, OK, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to peel some layers back and we're going to okay. the black church. I just have a few questions. What is your opinion about when people say, just pray about it as opposed to going to see a therapist? What, what, okay. First of all, well, you know, I'm doing this. I don't, Dion, oh, I'm, I'm, doing this I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily a fan of the phrase, the black church. Why not? Because yeah. I, yeah. I don't, cause I, we have so much, segregation and discrimination and prejudice in this world as it is. So when you, and I mean, it, it, it's a reality, but when, when we say the black church, that means that we're kind of over here somewhere <laughs> and then other, but, other may, may I interject? Sure. May I interject? because we are over there. You think I forgot who mentioned this and they said it, it was some speaker and they said across the United States, Sunday morning in the United States is yeah, the most right. segregated. This is true. You're right. Yeah. I, remember, I remember somebody said that. You're right. Because my, yeah. my bishop quoted it one morning too. And it, it, okay, that may fine. And in that sense, you're right. It's just it's it's a it's a it's a harsh, sad reality to me. And that's why I probably probably why I don't like it, because it's a harsh, sad reality that it is the most segregated hour. And unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> During this pandemic, we saw evidence of the segregation with all of this, without going into great detail, with all of these political affiliations. We saw segregation in the religious community as well, unfortunately. You know, like crazy. Now, so let me go back to your question. Can you tell me what you said again? Because I know we went to another. Sure. Thank you. How we say, pray about it. Just pray about it, as opposed to going to see a trained, a licensed mental health worker. In one of the, again, in one of the signature talks that I do um, called the, it's called the business of the church in mind, right? The business of the church in mind. It's one of my signature talks that I did over the summer. 
for mm. Summit. Um, yeah, we, we can talk about that later. But um, you know, I'm gonna ask. I love that. Yeah, um, but one, but one of the things I I point out is that uh, historically, in in our churches, um, counseling, therapy, uh, psychiatrists were all kind of historically frowned upon. You know, just just go to church, just pray, just give it, just give it to God, etc. Um, now that we are more educated, I'm gonna go there. Now that we are more educated, we understand that I covered this in that in that talk that all of our needs cannot be met. I have no problem saying this. All of our needs cannot be met through a church, through a synagogue, through a mosque, through no religious entity or organization. Um, God has provided physical doctors here that we go to. We have a primary care doctor. If I have, you know, uh, heart issues, I'm going to go see a cardiologist. for my Absolutely. Heart. So if I am having depression and anxiety in my mind and emotions, I need to go see some sort of mental health doctor to yes, help sir. me heal. I totally agree. Uh, I stand firm with what I'm going to say right now. I will never go to pastor, preacher, um, rabbi, whoever. I would never go to one for any, no mental health disparities I may have going on. I'm never going to go because they're not trained. Unlike someone like yourself. I was going to say, unless like somebody like me. Like a, Ooh, I will go to. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I was oh, hoping, absolutely. I was hoping. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't because you're really handsome. So that may distract me. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> if you were not a handsome man, then I probably would That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, I'm just being honest. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate so that. If you are not attractive, then yeah, I'd be a number one client. But no, I, I would not go. I will never, never go. And I strongly would. <laughs> push people to not go either because say if I'm depressed I mean I'm like you just said I'm gonna go to the professional right and you one, know? one one of um one of the uh someone that I, I know um closely commented and I agree said we should pray and seek professional help prayer is needed so that we'll be led to the right professional the stigma of mental health is dangerous thank you for sharing that Yes, Danita. Danita, you hit it. Yes. Yeah. You, you just it's a it's a must. I mean, I pray, I cuss a little or a lot, <laughs> but I go see my therapist. Yeah. You know, that's the case. I may as well go to to the uh QT down the street and get some counseling. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I strongly discourage anybody else. Unless you, and and you're, you know, you're walking now for you, you're walking down your own um, based upon the, you know, the, the horrific experience you had growing yeah. up. You're walking down your own journey of uh, yeah. health, health and healing. Um, and like I mentioned to everybody earlier, and I know we're talking about doing a, an, another component, but, you know, help, help and, and healing is available to you. Prayer 
prayer and counseling, Jesus and therapist. Prayer, prayer is the weapon. Therapy is the strategy. Dr. Anita Phillips said that. I love way. it. Yeah. I love it. Um, Danita, to answer your question, Danita, for people who cannot see, she's asking, how can we continue the conversation to engage in healing? Yes, that will be part two to this. Let me tell you, um, I'm going to use a phrase that I talked to somebody today. When I posted this uh, spiritual abuse and he said, Ursula, you literally took a shovel and shoved it in the ground and there's a bunch of oil coming out of the ground now. So I am solution based. So today is to recognize some of the patterns, but the next session, which is part two, and we will announce it uh, later this week that will be about the healing because Dion is a gem and <laughs> it's a safe space and he's going to help us with the healing for sure. But um, did you, Oh, Christina, Christina said, I feel like the phrase, just pray about it, maybe tethered to the past and that the black church and the black pastor was all that was available to us for a long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, Fair. That's fair. That and is that fair. Pastors were not trained in psychology and the Bible and prayer was all they knew. But now that we are more educated, as you say, we can now begin to reach out to different avenues to get help. Damn. That's good. I, I like that. That's fair. Too. And it, it makes sense. Um, we um, I am seeing I'm seeing I'm seeing the, the tide turns. I mean, uh, pastors certainly here where I am in the DMV, you know, uh, my practice is actively busy and, you know, I, I'm going to need to expand at some point in the future, you know, praise God. But pastors are referring people to me and other church and, and religious leaders uh, or not, you know, even outside of that. Um, and I think I'm seeing a shift in the mentality of pastors, young and older, to saying, hey, um, inside the church, a lot of times now I'm seeing pastors and other um trained clergy say as far as counseling we will do four to six sessions of spiritual counseling or therapy but for people who need more consistent therapy related to their mental and emotional health well-being um, a lot of churches and pastors are now are now understanding i have another friend bishop guy robinson he wrote a book called and i have it Send us over there somewhere. Uh, I, he wrote a book called A Critical Collaboration. Really? Yeah. He wrote a book called A Critical Collaboration. So, and I'm seeing that. I'm starting to see, um, as people like like myself, because I'm 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 kind of a unicorn, but God is really raising up people who are in both worlds, who are qualified to detect, discern, talk to both aspects. So I'm glad that. But you know, I'm 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 glad. But I also understand the the biblical text that says where much is given, much is required. So because I'm because I'm in both contexts, and I understand a lot psychologically and genetically and environmentally and behaviorally and spiritually. Woo, I know it's something. It, it God, really is, and God, you are a unicorn. <laughs> but God, but God gives me grace for for what He's sent me to do. Wow. You are a gem. You're a smart brother, too. I, I love it. It's what we need, you know, especially with me going to having gone to therapy and going. 
this is what we need to cease this generational trauma we have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very, very important. And, and like I said, you know, people, people who've suffered various types of spiritual abuse. And again, it's not just, you know, reiterating from earlier for anybody that may have jumped on later, it's not just uh, spiritual abuse can occur from anybody in any sort of power authority or place in the church. You know, I have clients who have been drastically affected by their minister of music. So, you know, or they're uh, the head of the usher board, you know? So yeah, it, it doesn't have to be the, it can happen anywhere in any context or, you know, um, could be a, an altar worker in a Catholic framework, you know, could be, you know, and I don't know what they call some of the some of the other uh, leaders in some of the other contexts, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is a whole nother conversation. What about family members? That's they. I get that too. I get that too. And it's yeah. not good. Not good. But we'll talk about that because we do have a part two. We're going to start wrapping it up. Uh, if you have any other questions. We will address it at the next uh, plan. To, unless you, you, I see you turning some pages. We can keep going, Dion. I don't have to go back to work until Tuesday next week. So. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the context. Uh, yeah, I'm turning pages, but I'm thinking about the context of some of the things that we talked about. Um, let me let me mention a few other signs here for people. Um, Please do. Um, when there's when there's spiritual abuse, sometimes there's resistance to confrontation. So the person in charge or the leader in whatever capacity or the secondary leader um, won't receive, will not receive constructive criticism with a teachable heart. They'll deny, shift, blame, hide behind excuses and avoid responsibility. And, and like we said earlier, he or she may turn others against you. That sounds like a narcissist. That, that is certainly possible. People people can have people can have narcissistic traits without meeting the qualification for the entire diagnostic disorder. Um, so so that that can be quite a few people where they can have. Um, you have to, and you have to think about it. You have to empathize with uh, to a degree. To who? In the sense of. I think that's a it's a lot for any. Let me just be very. Um, oh, you made me think about something else. Let me wait, be, wait, wait, excuse me. Are you going to answer this as Dion the pastor or Dion the clinician? Just so I can get my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Good question. Um. So again, because because I have been privy to operate in authority, uh, and been and been and been under authority. I think it can be human. Let me use myself for example. Let me just tell myself. All right, let me do that. Do it that way. So that's why I said a combination of both. Um, you know, serving in capacities where I had I had um, power over people or rulership over people. Um, I think it's human sometimes to um, check in with yourself and and, and say to yourself, um, you know, I have all of this authority, all of this power, right? All of this reach, all of this influence. You got to be careful with that. Absolutely. You got to be prayerful about that and be humble because it's not about you. It's about the uh, the task you've been assigned to do, the assignment you've been assigned to do. 
Um, but I can see for men and women who are in positions of power and authority, maybe with all of these people looking at them, how it can be a seduction or temptation to go too far. Where, where people, where I even believe some people unknowingly slipped over into abuse. And that might not have been their original, that might not have been their original heart when they started. What do you mean? Sure. Like slipped into that. I don't get that. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think that some people, people can start out with the right motives, the right intentions, the right heart. And, and things can happen to people over time where they change for whatever reason. And so basically what I'm getting at is somebody might, somebody in some sort of um, governmental role or leadership or oversight might not have started out necessarily as an abuser, but they can become one. Mm. Can, they can, what I'm getting at, they can transform. So when we talk about change, people can change either way. You know, I can start out, I can start out well, and then change into something, metamorphosis into something else you don't like, right? So, um, yeah, and 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 people can get better as well. Um, so I think, you know, I personally never, I don't think I had a strong, um, I don't think I had a strong battle in that sense because I, I always knew that it wasn't about me. And even though I had hundreds of teens and young adults listening and following me, I always knew it wasn't about me and it was about them and taking care of them and their well-being. But I, but I but psychologically, thank there you go. Psychologically, <laughs> people who might already in their personality. Oh, that's good. Have might already in their personality. Hmm have some narcissistic tendencies or traits, it can exactly intensify that. Exactly. And then when they uh, have all the adoration coming and they actually lick that, uh, that confidence, that, that booster, that's just, it's the rap. That's it's full game right there. In the way you're talking, I hear you navigate in, integrity and authenticity I try. but someone who has a narcissistic gene in their body that it's a wrap yeah i don't like narcissists um christina said i was wondering is there a oh this is great christina is some good questions any ongoing training within the clergy to keep a spiritual leader centered so to speak or is it up to them to keep themselves in check? It seems that there's not, and some get caught up. Yeah, you figured it would be some kind of regulations with that, or I don't know. You tell me. You're you're the unicorn. Read the question one more time, as I want to answer this fully, is because there's no there's no one set answer to that. But read it one more time for me, please. She said, "I was wondering." Oh, everybody's saying it's a great question. I was wondering, wonder, you know, I'm 28. Hold on. It's okay. Right. Of course. <laughs> I was wondering, is there an ongoing training within the clergy to keep a spiritual leader centered, so to speak, or is it up to the clergy themselves to keep up to the clergy to keep themselves in check? And it seems like it's not. And some get caught up. Okay. Um, I have a question about the question. 
are we talking about the primary leader or secondary leaders or both? Because because you get that, Christina, is because, it the primary leader or the secondary leader? Because they most places have a primary leader, but there could be seventy secondary leaders, for example. But should it matter? Because if you're moving, it, it would, it would, you're navigating it would. in integrity and authenticity, you can be that the, mean church mother up to the primary. It, 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 will, it, it, it will matter in the sense of the response to her question. Really? And I can, yeah. So uh, did she did we, did she get a chance to? Oh, she said yet? any leader of influence, but I suppose primary. And Chris, okay. Chris, he said, hey, Chris, he said primary also. So let's answer with the primary. Okay. So, um, this is and this is why I asked that question. Um, it depends, actually. It depends. For example, some churches are kind of like standalone, independent. Others are parts of uh, groups or consortiums, if you would, or organizations. So they have various regular systematic teachings or trainings. Um, oftentimes, though, those are geared toward the secondary leaders, like the um, associate pastors, the elders, the ministers, the deacons, those are not usually geared toward the primary leader. The primary leader of a place, he or she has to um, do their own individual, independent everything. Um, now, unless he or she has a, if let's, let's say in a Judeo-Christian context, if, if there's a person who is a, um, a pastor, for example, and they have a pastor over them, then mm -hmm. they can report to them. But not every place is set up like that. So that's why I was like, it kind of depends. I see more. I see more stuff for secondary leaders. Like I'm classified as a secondary leader, so I see more stuff geared to my geared to help build me, develop me, um, help me grow, help me stay humble. Yeah, all those things. I see more stuff um, across across. The people that I know, you know, nationwide who attend churches, et cetera, I see more stuff for secondary leaders. It seems like the primary leaders of influence have to they have to kind of make their own way and uh, figure out whatever for themselves. And uh, and and that may even be they might some of them might have to find um, counseling if they need it for some of their issues. Um, also, you know, outside of a, outside of their local church or their local preacher circuit. Right. So, okay, I'm not going to ask this about your church. This really is not. This is just from what you've seen. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would never put you on the spot like that. But what you just from your experience as a secondary leader, which or other secondary leaders, and they see that the primary isn't moving in integrity and authenticity in their role. Is that an awkward conversation? Do you all have a conversation or is it just well, actually, well, you know what? Actually, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have mind that question from my church. Oh, then well, tell me what's the I answer. I don't, I don't mind that question for my church because you know, I so I so uh you know I mean I could I could say his name and the name of the church on here, but I'll I'll digress. But I have a great I have a great uh pastor bishop i've been i've been sitting under him since i was 11 years old oh so that says a lot 
Yeah. That says a lot in the context of all everything you know about me and all of who I am and me being in both components. Uh, so with that being said, um, me and him have a very good, open, honest relationship, but we have a we have a father son relationship. So we've had all the dynamics over the years of a regular father son relationship. Really? All the dynamics. I can go into detail, but I will not tonight. Um, and, 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 and all of the dynamics of a regular father son relationship have stood the test of time. He got me one to call him. So <laughs> just to check in to see how he doing. Um, it's been a while. And there's a there's like a 30 year gap between um, me and him. Really? He's the founder of the church, which is just a, a, you know around 30 something, early 30 years old. And same pastor, same leader, definitely a man of integrity and character and, and wisdom and guidance. Um, you know, I, I have I have no qualms in saying that at all. Does that mean we've never had problems? <laughs> have we never have we never have we ever fallen out? Sure we have, but it's it's cool, it's all good. It's cool. We we fell out and we, you know, real relationships, right? We mend those things back together when it's when it's real and it's worth right. it. When it's real and it's worth it. Some of my other colleagues, yes, they have been challenged and scared to talk to their, you know, people, their, their leaders, their pastors, you know. And for me, you know, even even when I had concerns or gripes, you know, I always did it respectfully, you know, and they, they had a, they, you know, they had a little joke about me sometimes. They was like, yeah, Dion don't care. He don't care. I don't, I'll, I'll, I got a question. Right. I'm going to be respectful, but I'm asking. So do the, do the, your, your peers, the secondary, they look at me. They look at me like you're crazy. <laughs> Some of, like, <laughs> I was gonna ask you that. Historically, they looked at me like you you crazy. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do they look at you any different because you are a unicorn, a hybrid? Yes. Um, yes. Um, they have a different. Um, there's a different level of um, respect and honor. Um, yeah. Because I'm more than um, now, I can praise God. He's gifted me. I I can preach now. But oh, wait, but, wait! I saw a video of you. I was like, yeah, this is Dion. What? The heck? what? I did not know you had it in but, you. Like but that. it's really not. It's really not me. And even like tonight, I'm, I told you I'm an introvert. But the, I don't I, believe I, that. But the <laughs> but the gifts that has been put in me, they just come out. So. Um, but by nature, I'm an introvert. I'm very much to myself, isolated, very shy. So, um, but yeah, when I, when I, when I, uh, when I talk, when I teach, when I, but when I get up in a pulpit, I transform. Oh yes. I saw that. I was impressed. Very much impressed. Uh, Chris, he said that a deacon or a secondary telling the pastor he's dead wrong or whatever <laughs> it is, that it takes guts. <laughs> Well, I mean, you would. I hope you wouldn't do it like that, though. Jeez, <laughs> you know, communication is a two-way street. So you can be assertive, a genuine, assertive communication happening into um, your your emotional intelligence. Right, one domain of emotional intelligence is your own personal awareness um, right. of what you're feeling, 
and you can you can say that to, to your pastor, him or her. You can be assertive and truthful without being aggressive, without being passive aggressive. Oh, um, yes. So I would never say you. I would never, ever say to. Oh, my God, you're dear. But you're dead wrong. I would say I, I would say, you know, uh, Bishop, Um, I was thinking maybe you should consider it. That's how I would do it, because out of respect. Right, right, right. Uh, Chris said real leaders don't do yes men. And it sounds like you're not a yes man. You're I'm not. I'm not. I you know what? It just didn't <laughs> I'm laughing because I have stories. It just didn't work for me. Okay, share one. I don't have to go back to work until Tuesday. What? <laughs> Tell me offline then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we are gonna wrap it up, but I have one more. Okay. Uh, bit of info. So we still have a lot of listeners on, and I really appreciate you all for. <laughs> I saw that. Oh wait, wow, they're still coming in. Travis says, "Has shame left the church? Should we preach those values our parents were raised in?" Has shame left the church? Yeah, I'm not sure what that part meant. Ask him to elaborate. Yeah, Travis, you may please elaborate and thank you for your question. Yeah. So while we wait on Travis to elaborate, I just want to let everybody know I really appreciate you all commenting. And th this was a good topic. And we're going to get back with you and let you know when our part two will be because it's needed and it will be about the healing. And while we're still waiting on Travis hmm. to elaborate, I just want to let everybody know that Dion is an avid Marvel's fan, Marvel's fanatic. Mm. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Let, let's say I'm a strong fan. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure how well I resonate with the fanatic part, but. Oh. I'm just, I'm a strong, I'm a I'm a I, I am a strong fan. Okay. We will take that. So while we're wrapping up, I guess Travis is doing whatever. Travis, okay. So we'll press pause on that. Dion, please give me a number between choose a number between one and three. Oh, one and three. You said one and three. I see I, my mind went to my a different number. Two. Okay, two. Great. I have eight questions for you. You say eight? Oh, yes. These are rapid, quick fire questions. Oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> these don't think about it too hard. I know you you like structure, and this is why I had to throw it out. This is a rapid, rapid fire question. Oh before we end everything. <laughs> oh, and before we start, I want to let everybody know, um, please go on the, the show description and you can see Dion's, his contact info and also his professional Facebook page, his business page. And I also put his Instagram name in the description box just so you can see he has some really good content and that's what drew me towards him and i really get a my soul vibrates when i read his content because it seems extremely authentic 
and with integrity and he's a gem so i want to share that with you all for sure and um please visit my page black girls getting their shift together and there's a podcast you're going to hear everything it's going to be a rebroadcast also on youtube and i have a market research questionnaire if you love to opt in and i know you would please click on that link that i put in the description box and right <laughs> and uh i have some uh a program coming out but to make it the best program i really need your input so just click on that link and continue please just read it all the way through so dion are you ready for your rapid fire questions Yes, he is. This, okay. this, this means I need to answer quickly. You, you just answer answer how you wish. Okay, go ahead. Okay, number one, who is your favorite Marvel character? Thor. Oh, why? I'm just curious. He is he is the he is the god of thunder. He is the son of he is the the son of. Odinson, and he is the person that is is worthy enough to to yield the hammer of Thor. Okay, all right. Next question: What is the criteria for the church mothers to place the shawl on ladies' laps? I think that I think that varies. Um, I think the the placing of the shawl, and it still happens today. The the, the placing of the shawl usually is if de depending upon kind of what's being shown or demonstrated level of you know level of uh exposure and and, and uh cleavage so it varies per situation there's no there's no there's no standard criteria for that so i'm gonna give you my experience went to a church here in atlanta and a mother came right up and put a shawl on my lap and i took the shawl off and put it next to me <laughs> Unapologetically, imitating what I'm wearing, I, I wasn't wearing a mini skirt. I would have been. Yeah, I'm that person. I don't care. So <laughs> oh, that is funny. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, I wish I had it on tape. Ah uh, yeah, and I would do it again. Okay, next question: Who's your least favorite Marvel character? My least. I've never ever thought about that in, in all of my days. My least favorite Marvel character. Hmm. That's a rough one. Yeah, that's a rough one. Give me a second on that least. Um, because I don't know what criteria would be considered least. Oh, wait. Uh Marvel. Less interested. No, I can't say that. I, I was gonna say one, but my, a good friend of mine will get insulted. Um he'll be fine. Who is it? Is um least. I don't you know, I don't know if I there's nobody I there's nobody I can think of that I don't okay superhero or villain both okay uh, that's a rough one that's still a rough one um there's so many my mind is just cool because I you know I have a I have a Marvel almanac on my desk with so many characters I'm just trying to think about my least least favorite I don't think I don't think I have one that I don't like. Wow. Okay. We can take that. So from my understanding, you live in the DMV, correct? I do. Okay. Next question. Washington, D.C. or Wakanda? Wakanda. 
you had to think about okay you had to think about it there's a lot there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun there's a lot of fun and recreation in um in washington dc okay who's your favorite ravens fan i mean player excuse me who's my favorite ravens player mm. right now i don't i don't i don't i mean of all time yeah or not favorite well, right now, of course, you know it's Lamar Jackson. So oh, he's he, he's the truth. That's, I love Lamar Jackson. I've, I've always been a uh, Tory Smith fan. Okay. Seems like he has a good good heart and good character. Okay, we're halfway through. Next question: How old must one be to have a seat on the mother's pew? <laughs> ah, probably over sixty. <laughs> we're over sixty-five. I'm assuming. Again, I don't think there's I don't think there's any standard um system set up for that. That's okay. fine. That was good. I found out the hard way. <laughs> you sat on the mother's pew? I did. I I told you in the beginning I sat on the mother's pew. There were no other seats. Oh. I was new to the church. Look, I grew up in a white church. There's no mother's pew. So I didn't know, but I found out that day. With their shawl. Okay, long hair, brunette Jesus, or Jesus with hair of wool? Of course, Jesus with hair of wool. Love it. Okay. <laughs> what gang do you think the mothers of the church are affiliated with? Gang? <laughs> gang, oh. gang. <laughs> They're mean. Crenshaw Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What is <laughs> that's a good one? What is Captain America's shield made of? Vibranium. Oh, where does vibranium come from? <laughs> it comes from Wakanda. That's it. It always comes back to us melanated people. Okay. Um, if T'Challa went to an HBCU, where which school would it be? Howard. Okay. T'Challa or Tupac? T'Challa. Wow. Okay. Quick. Quick and easy. I see. Elder Tamara Hawkins said, wait, she sat on the mother's row and threw the... Yes. Yes, Tamara. I am that person. Let me take... Can you see my face? I am that person. Now, I'll admit, I let them punk me down at the pew. I did get up with no pushback. But on another Sunday, when they put that shawl on my lap, I took it off so fast. They, I'm not, they weren't going to punk me down that, that day. No. Yeah, I took the shawl off. <laughs> all right. We are finished tonight. You all, this was, this was amazing. I'm telling you, it was a lot of comments, and it was so well needed. Dion, thank you so much for adding value to this. We needed to hear it so, so bad. No problem. Can I, and can I throw in one final statement? Please, oh, Please do. So, um, again, those of you that don't uh, follow me yet, you can follow me on IG at the underscore DMV therapist, the underscore DMV therapist. And next Friday night, next Friday night, not this Friday, next Friday night, there'll be a flyer coming on my page, uh, on both pages, Facebook and Instagram. Next Friday night at 8 p.m., myself and a female therapist, we're going to be talking about on, on IG Live at 8 p.m., we're going to be talking about uh, pandemic anxiety 
vaccination anxiety myths and facts. So you want to tune in and we're going to be on IG Live next Friday at 8 p.m. Anything else I'd love for you to promote? Anything else? Um, yes, actually. Let's hear all of it. Okay. You're a gem. We need to hear everything you have going on. So I, I had to open my calendar book because I do have a few things that are happening um, this month. Um, Monday night, Monday night at 9 p.m., uh, I'm going to be on with a brother of mine who is in California. It'll be 9 p.m. here, 9 p.m. EST time here. Uh, his podcast is called Mental uh, Mental Health Mondays with Marty. And we're going to be and we're going to be talking about superheroes of the pandemic. I'm going to be part of a panel. Superheroes uh, of the pandemic. So that's Monday, the 22nd at 9 p.m. Uh, EST time. And so um, I'm a probably I think he may be using the same system. So I'm going to reach out to him to see if we can I can do what we did, too. And then on um, February 28th. Um, at four o'clock, um, it's on Eventbrite. It's on Eventbrite. Um, there's a event with me and some other brothers who are talking about men's mental health and accountability. That'll be Sunday, um, Sunday the twenty eighth at four p.m. I love it. It's on, it's on Eventbrite, and you have to register. But all of these things are on my um, my practice page, or, or will be as we get closer, and it'll be on Facebook as well. Good. And I will definitely be sure to share that in the show notes because knowledge is power and we as black people are extremely powerful. So anything that we, we can feed off of. Oh, Elder Tamara said, LOL, you said enough is enough regarding my shawl. It right. It was a Black History moment, Tamara. <laughs> okay, Danita, we'll let her have the last word. She said, thank you both for your contributions to this conversation. May God bless you both. Thank you, Danita. And interject his wisdom as you continue the conversation. God bless you, Danita. And thank you for the kind word. You all, thank you for joining Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Make sure and tune in and subscribe to all my pages. I'm on all social media, Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. And if anything resonated and made your soul vibrate, please share this episode with at least two friends. Thank you, Dion. You're awesome. Thank you for everybody. And we will see you at part two for the healing of spiritual abuse. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. This
for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.